Uh, for those of you who need reminding, or maybe you've not been here for this sermon series during the season of Advent, we've been thinking together about finding Christmas gifts in unusual places, uh, the ways that God surprises us uh, with blessings we'd maybe not thought of before. And uh, the first week of uh, our series, we talked about how God surprises us with the opportunity to start over again, that repentance is not just something for someone else. God daily gives us the opportunities of beginning again. Last week, we talked about the surprising gift of miracles, how right under our noses, uh, every day, miracles happen if we're tuned in, if we're paying attention. This morning, we're going to be thinking together about uh, the gift of blessings in disguise. They don't look like a blessing at first. They don't feel like a blessing at first. But looking back on them, sometimes we can see that those were truly gifts. And so I want to read from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, beginning in verse 18 and reading through verse 25, a very familiar part of the Christmas story from Matthew's Gospel, beginning in chapter 1, verse 18. The birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure out a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded in the dream. He married Mary. But he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In 1945, just when the Allied forces were sort of consolidating their victory in Europe over Hitler's war machine, right when uh, they were getting ready to, to see the end of that theater of the war at least, when everything was looking so positive, uh, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, Winston Churchill, uh, was humiliated internationally and embarrassed because he lost his election. He lost the post of Prime Minister and was called home right in the middle of all of that. His wife was trying very hard to put a good face on it, and Lady Churchill said, it may well, well be a blessing in disguise, to which Churchill replied, at the moment it seems quite effectively disguised. I can't see it anywhere. Have you had disguised blessings like that? where uh, people who mean well, a good friend, a loved one says, well, you know, it's probably a blessing in disguise, and you want to call time out and say, well, let's dig into this a little bit because the disguise is really, really good, and I'm not seeing it at all. Joseph, Mary's betrothed husband, uh, was going through that in that moment because uh, he found out that his fiancée was pregnant. Now, we have so often told the Christmas story 
that we have smoothed this over and we've lost the shock of it, but Joseph lived in a, a Palestinian culture, first century culture, uh, that was very much based on shame and honor. And shame and honor were very real dynamics in every family and in every village. And here Joseph was uh, facing in the embarrassment, the loss of face, the loss of reputation. Uh, in that culture, he was uh, facing the loss of social standing, and he was very, very confused. And I think sometimes we read this passage, and we think because it doesn't take Matthew very many words to summarize the dilemma, we think it was a simple situation. But underneath those few simple words where Matthew summarizes the dilemma that Joseph faced, there were probably hours of agony. Uh, there, were, there were questions like, what if, and why me, and this is really confusing, and, and I'm really embarrassed, and what do I do? And, and only in retrospect do we get the victory. You know, we have the advantage of many centuries later looking back on this and saying, wow, a blessing in disguise. God knew what God was doing. Everything's okay. But they didn't have that perspective. Joseph didn't have that perspective. He was living in real time, and he was experiencing these events in real time where he had to make some decisions about trusting God or not. Well, the good news is that God came to him in a dream. An angel spoke to Joseph in a dream. And out of that, Joseph gained more calm. He gained more a sense of perspective. And it was a helpful moment for him. And he was able to begin to trust, uh, but it was tough. In times of confusion for us, in times of doubt for us, sometimes the blessing of the situation slips in the back door and it's almost unnoticed. And it's only later that we look back and say, oh, there was a blessing in that. I just couldn't see it at the time. And here's the other part of that. We don't like to admit it, but if we're honest, we grow more in times of struggle than we grow when things are going well. Isn't that true? When things are going well, when every prayer is answered, when there's plenty of money in the bank, and when, when relationships are, are steady and even and fulfilling and rich, we don't grow as much in those times as when we're being challenged, when there's heartache, when there's pain. Uh, a little boy was sitting at the dinner table one night and he just grew disgusted. And he said, Mom, why did God put all the vitamins in spinach instead of in ice cream the way it's supposed to be? That's a good question. It, life isn't fair, right? And we all have those spinach situations. It doesn't taste as good as ice cream. But the vitamins are in the spinach and the tough times that come. And the question is, will we trust God's goodness? Will we depend upon God that God knows what he's doing? And will we be able to wait and really see that through? I love the uh, analogy that Barbara Brown Taylor makes in one of her books. She said, I'm willing to thank my husband for a gift even before I open it because I know he loves me, I know him, and I have faith. 
Even before I open the gift, I can say thank you because I know him. He knows me. I know I'm loved and I have faith. And life's packages are sometimes tough to take. But we have to know that the God who's working in us and above us loves us. And we have to have faith. Now, if we're not careful, uh, we turn Joseph into a kind of saint who just decided to sit down, fold his hands in a posture of prayer, bow his head and become very pious and just say, Lord, I'm just going to sit here and receive. That's not it. His righteousness, his goodness was an active goodness. His faith wasn't passive. His faith wasn't a, I'm just going to sit down and take it. I'm just going to lie down and, and just let life roll over me. His was an active obedience. And I want to show you two clear ways in which Joseph actively obeyed God and trusted God's disguised package, God's despised, dis, disguised gift. Uh, and again, because we've heard the Christmas story so many times, we sometimes forget. Here's the first one. Joseph obeyed God, trusted God, and did not shame Mary, but he kept her safe, just like I was telling the children. He had every legal right to turn her out. When you have some time, read Deuteronomy chapter 22 in the Old Testament and read the, the, the reality in Old Testament law that a woman who became pregnant during engagement by someone other than her intended could be legally stoned to death. A less severe form of punishment was that Joseph could have publicly shamed her. He could have just called her out and announced to everybody, the wedding's off, and here's why, here's what she's done. He chose an even more moderate approach. He was willing to put her away privately, that is to say, to, to just very quietly end the engagement and just dismiss her in a, in a very non-public way. But the angel spoke to her, to him, to Joseph, and Joseph chose out of his own goodness an even more merciful and compassionate position. He was going to keep her safe. He was going to take her as his wife. He was going to obey. He honored her. He kept her safe when he had every regal and, uh, legal and social right not to. He was willing to love her. Here's the second thing that he did that we, we sort of just blow right by. Uh, he participated in the naming of the baby. Now, in our culture, in America, the naming of the baby is important. Uh, it's sort of a, a decision that, that's made, and, and everybody just rejoices in it. But in the first century Palestine, it was a very much very much of a legal and a social ceremony, something like the signing of a birth certificate or an adoption procedure in a courtroom. It was legal, it was significant, and by Joseph naming the baby Jesus, he was saying to the world, this baby is legitimate. This baby is mine. I am going to be the earthly father to this child. I, we are going to be a family. I don't understand God's plan, but I trust God's plan. 
I'm naming the baby, and we're going ahead with the, with the, with the relationship. Very, very significant. Now, what do we do with all this? These dis disguised blessings that we can't see when we're in the middle of, what do we do with them? For one thing, we could say a prayer that would go something like this, God, help me to be like Joseph, trusting you even when I can't see clearly what you're doing. God, help me to be like Joseph, trusting you even when I can't see clearly, and especially when I can't see clearly what you're doing. To be able to have that faith and that obedience that says, can't see it all, but I trust you. Remember the name that they gave the baby Jesus and translated it means God delivers, God rescues, God saves. Remember that the Christmas message is not that we've been running after God and we finally catch God. The Christmas message is that God has been in eternal pursuit of us. God's love for you is infinite. God's love for us is unending, it's passionate, and God continually pursues, and in the Christmas story, he's bringing to earth, and he's bringing to completion his plan to pursue us into a love relationship. Now, with a God of the cosmos like that, would it be possible for some of our panic and anxiety to melt away? Would it be possible that we could trust this kind of God who loves us that passionately so that we could relax, so that the panic and the anxiety could dissipate and we could begin to live? Some of you uh, enjoy flying in airplanes and some of you don't. Uh, you know, when you're flying in an airplane, you eventually turn some things over to a pilot. If you're flying in a small craft at night, you can't see the landmarks, and so you're trusting the pilot. The pilot knows where he's going. If you fly commercially, you're 30,000 feet in the air. You can't see day or night. You're trusting the pilot, that the pilot knows where he or she would be going. Now, when you're on an airplane, 30,000 feet, and you can't see where you're going, I don't think any of you have ever called the airline attendant over to you at your seat and said, I don't, I don't want to do this. I can't see where I'm going. I want my money back. I want off this flight. Nobody's ever done that? I don't think, I'm pretty sure, nobody here has ever in midair said, I can't see where I'm going. I don't trust the pilot. And then you jump out. Anybody here ever done that? I want to talk to you if you have. Somehow, you can't see, but you trust the pilot. There are things in life we cannot see, and maybe we can't even see the, the disguised blessing. But sooner or later, we have to trust the pilot. It's the only way to live. What's your pressure point this morning? Where's the pinch in your life? Where's the struggle? 
not seeing the disguised blessing. What is it that's hurting in your life? Would you be able, would you be willing to trust the pilot? The pilot's name is Jesus. And we can trust him.